The number one question we get from listeners is, do we have a written step-by-step roadmap to guide you on how to train your dog? We don't, but Standing Stone Supply does. They're the creators of the complete step-by-step dog training program that takes your dog from brand new puppy and gets it well on its way to that finished dog you've always dreamed of. They've mapped out the timelines to help guide you, the videos for every step of the way to show you, and even have the needed gear made into shopping lists to make it easy to supply you. Check out the course at StandingStoneSupply.com to gain unlimited access for all current as well as future lessons and be sure to use the code GDIY to save 10% at sign up. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. GDIY profiles are bonus episodes that tell the stories of how your everyday handler got into the gundog world. You will hear plenty of examples of what to do as well as what not to do and how they learn from those experiences. These episodes are being put out to tell the honest stories that we as do-it-yourself dog handlers can all relate to. If you think it would be a good fit for a profile episode, please go to gundogityourself.com and complete the form and we may get back to you so that you can share your story. everybody welcome back to another edition of the gdiy profile this time we have trent hack on the line trent how you doing good how's it going nick uh living the dream as always can't complain go ahead and tell everybody where you're from and what got you into the gun dog world oh hey you said my name's trent hack i'm from uh just southwest of twin cities of minnesota and shakopee um i'm about Two and a half hours from great pheasant hunting in South Dakota and two and a half hours from great grouse hunting in northern Minnesota and Wisconsin. So I kind of was lucky enough to grow up around great wild bird habitat. Um, I had buddies that uh, had bird dogs growing up, but my family is never into it. And as soon as I came into the position where I could have my own bird dog, I started looking into it and ended up with a drot and about 11 months old now and pretty much got a full season in this year and it's been going great so far all right so what what made you decide on a drot is that what you're planning on all along when you're anticipating getting a dog or did you do your research when it finally came time to uh bite the bullet and jump in um Originally, I was thinking short hair or wire hair, and I mean, I pretty much ended up with a wire hair, depending on who you talk to. But <laughs> yep. um, um, one of my an old coworker of mine, um, I never hunted with him, but I knew he had pointing dogs, so I contacted him when I was looking into dogs, and he had two drops, um, and he kind of 
gave me the rundown on trots and versatile side of it. And most of the dogs I'd hunted with before were labs and flushers, a couple springers. So I didn't know a whole lot about pointers. And I started digging into drops and ended up talking to a guy uh, just a couple towns over from me who knew of a litter coming from out in Utah, a guy named Cal Bambro. And it just seemed to work out perfect with the timing and breed seemed right. And I knew it was from multiple sources that I talked to. It was a quality breeding program. Yeah, I guess that's kind of how I ended up with the draw. Yeah. So when you started, when you realized that you're at, it was time to actually get the dog, you said that you'd been looking forward to it for a while and you decided on the draw. How did you go about figuring out how you wanted to train the dog? What resources did you use? You know, you said that you primarily were around flushing breeds and, and labs and sp- spaniels and stuff like that. So uh, how did you really start to download that information to start training your own dog? Um, I guess that guy I talked to um, from that lived pretty near me, he's been my biggest uh, outlet, like personally talking to people. My old coworker, he's pretty helpful too. Um, he, does, he deer hunts a lot, so he's been really helpful with blood tracking. Okay. We just started not too long ago, but a lot of YouTube and a lot of listening to podcasts. <laughs> um, and like we talked about before, um, the hard part about not having hands-on like training with other guys that know their stuff and having people I know with a lot of pointers, it's contacting people over social media and guys you don't know. You run into a lot of guys who there's a lot of opinions, a lot of egos going oh, into yeah. it. Yeah. There's definitely no uh, shortage of opinions in this world. So yeah, it's, it's been difficult having to go through so many different talking to so many people, di- different people who train different ways and trying to pick one way to do it. <laughs> yeah. So t- talk to us more about that. How did you start kind of deciphering or, or weeding out some of the advice that you didn't really see eye to eye with, uh, you know, what, what really started clicking with you on how you wanted to train your dog? Um, well, a lot of it is how it how it worked out for Hank, um, which is my pup's name. Um, yeah. Like some of the, he's a pretty hard dog, mental wise. Um, real, very driven, and he can. You can't really soft talk him into stuff. So, really being sweet with him, he doesn't respond a whole lot to. He's very food driven, so obedience wise was all food. <laughs> Nice. Good, good boy. And that didn't do a whole lot for him. He just wanted to eat. <laughs> um, but then birds, birds, intro to birds is the most difficult thing, which <laughs> you guys know from what we talked about getting opinions on that is difficult. Um, <laughs> so getting pigeons and stuff, getting them going on that. Honestly, I screwed it up a little bit the first time. Like when he was a puppy, I uh, didn't really have a launcher or nothing. And I didn't put a check cord on him right away. And so the first however many, he just jumped right on him, which really got his bird drive going. He's a super driven dog, like I said. But, yeah. So 
lucky I'm lucky enough to be in an area where I can hunt wild birds every single weekend. So Yeah, that definitely helps out a lot. Yeah, the last the last few months I haven't done planted birds with them at all. We've just gone up north and Yeah, yeah. I mean when like you said, when you're that close to some wild birds, whether it's grouse up north or shooting over to South Dakota for pheasant, you know, that there's there's no better trainer on this planet than wild birds. You know, there there's a reason yeah, no that doubt. saying is there. Yeah, I mean he did he did pretty well with pigeons. Um once I kind of figured out what I was doing, working him into the scent cone, right, for pointing them and so on. And then I got a um, launcher and utilized that so he didn't keep catching them. Then he kind of figured out that he couldn't, he couldn't catch them. So he began pointing better in the last couple sessions we did with pigeons. Wild birds, grouse, as you know, are super spooky. So probably the first probably the first three grouse trips we went on which were just little weekend trips he ran through most of them but the last half of the season has been incredible how fast he's picked up on good so when you're going up there in the the first few trips he was just running through them where were you going through it with the mentality that you're you're not shooting the birds that he doesn't handle properly yeah yeah i mean uh it's flash pointed at first, I shot him, um, but most of the time when he did flash point, we were close enough that they flushed on their own. He didn't run in and bust them, but if he barreled through birds, I mean, I, most of the time I didn't have the opportunity, but I wouldn't have shot. I didn't shoot a lot that I could have. Yeah. That he just ran right through, but I don't know. There, there were a few that he did go through that I shot just to make the weekend worth it, but <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but most, pretty much all the time that he busted him i wouldn't shoot and most of most of the contacts that he did run through a lot of them were woodcock too so i didn't have a huge problem passing them up yeah well i mean um, when you go with that mentality and you have the discipline to uh pass on the birds that aren't properly handled by your dogs or at least they're included in the process you, you really get to see the dog transform in front of your eyes because they pick up on it quick. If, if you, if you have that consistency in the self-discipline, not to take a poke at some of those birds, they really start uh-huh. to figure out, okay, well, I really want the bird. So let me act right. And you just see it get better and better and better. The more bird contacts you have. Yeah. And it was, it's pretty cool seeing how he gets, physically and vocally frustrated when he busts birds too like if he runs through one and he knows it he'll stop and watch it he does he does he's pretty good about not chasing he'll run through it it'll flush and he'll stand there and watch it and he brushes it off and he shakes himself off and he'll start huffing and he's like oh man and i'm not (laughs) i'm not sure if what that means but i take it as oh shit <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't quite what i meant to do <laughs> it, it yeah and then after most of the time after that he's got he's been very good about nice. pointing most yeah. of the time if we if we're in the if we're in the scent cone right and the wind's blowing in our favor awesome awesome it's it's always a blast watching puppies kind of see the light bulb go off and just start connecting the dots the more birds that they're on so you mentioned earlier that you've been doing some blood tracking work with them. I mean, at 11 months old, has he, uh, has he performed a successful, uh, blood track yet or a deer track? Um, 
Well, last week or yeah, last week, no, two weekends ago, I shot a deer with my bow in Wisconsin and got in the evening and there's a lot of wolves up where we hunt. So I didn't run him down the blood that night. I went and recovered the deer by my own. I ran him back down it the next morning and he followed the trail all the way to the, all the way to the gut pile, which was nice. And I got the deer, I kept the water bottle full of blood and the heart and the leg and done a couple drags in the yard, just short stuff. And, um, one time this week after work, I was going to take him out to training field near my house and do a little more intricate stuff, but yeah, so far he's been doing really well with that. Great. Awesome. So you just said that you kept some of the blood and everything before when you were working on blood track and when you started introducing it, did you have some blood then? Is that what you use? Tell us about how you kind of introduce some, some of the, uh, blood tracking work that you said your buddy was helping you out with. Well, that's, that's been the more recent stuff. That's just in the last couple of weeks that I really started that. The first really track I put them on was the, was that buck that I shot. Um, so I, we've only been doing it for about three weeks, but okay. I've had five, six good sessions of it and we haven't gotten super crazy with it, but for the little bit we have done, I'm pretty happy with how he's doing. For sure. So you, you've done a, one blood track, you've done some grouse, you've done some pheasant. Do you do any waterfowl hunting? Are you, do you have plans for that this season as well? Or is it just upland and some blood track and work? Um, early season goose in Minnesota was the first, uh, other than frozen ducks done in the pond from last year. Early goose was his first waterfowl hunt this year. And it took him a little while to figure out how to pick up a honker, but <laughs> um, he went, he went, he got him around the neck and he was retrieving honkers at seven months old, which is pretty cool. And yeah. at our hunting land in Wisconsin, um, we got a few really good woody holes that we hunted this season and he did great, uh, duck search. Um, and that was another thing that was really cool to see him progress on marking birds when they went down and you can see if we, he's probably been on, oh, probably four or five duck hunts this year and first one yeah immediately went for the decoys didn't pick any up but he swam around looked at every single one before he went for the duck <laughs> yeah and um next day he figured out well i don't need to pick those up and started tracking where the ducks landed better and marking it and when the more most recent hunt we went on he had a really nice blind retrieve where a duck came in where he uh was already on a different tree, so he didn't see where it went down. And just from, uh, I haven't really done much hand signals with him, but I just kind of tried one out from casting him into covers and stuff. And he went in that direction and found it in the marsh. And I was, I was really happy with that. That was a, that was pretty cool to see. And now with, yeah. with Hank being so young, you haven't done a force fetch program, have you? Uh, he's hold condition. I've worked on hold with him, but I haven't force fetched him yet. Okay. So he's doing all this pre force fetch. That's impressive. That's, that should make your life a little easier uh, later on when you do go through the program. Yeah. He, uh, he is, has very natural retrieve from the, I started doing little hallway retrieves with socks. Uh, probably the, uh, first week he was home and 
first first time I threw the sock down the hallway, he brought it back and dropped it at my feet. And yeah, now that I've now that I've got him hold conditioned, I can throw a bumper, get him to stay by my side until I release him and go get it, come around my back and heal at my side and hold it until I tell him to drop it. But, yeah. Yeah. Nice. His, his retrieve is impressive. Yeah. Even if he never even if he never figures out pointing a hundred percent, he'll be a He'll be a great retriever. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all the wild birds in your area, I think that you'll you'll eventually get him to the to the pointing aspect that you really want him to. Uh, oh yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. But <laughs> yeah, so with uh, with him being a drot, are you doing the German system testing, or are you training with any NABDA people, or are you, you doing anything kind of in that realm of? things or you just uh you just out having fun and hunting your dog yeah i had to promise my breeder that i'd put him through the through the system and do the puppy test and now do they call it the utility test right where yep. it's the um oh it is the vjp and the hzp in yep. the drought world um so yeah vjp will do this spring puppy test and um i actually just got a couple training videos in the mail today i gotta go watch through so i can get a little more of an idea what we got to train for um specifically to succeed in those tests but yep and then hzp will probably be next fall or the fall after good deal so So so, you know, we we ask everybody when you already said that you had uh, a fun time dealing with bird intro with him, but we always ask everybody on these profile <laughs> episodes to tell, you know, the, their most memorable training mistakes or just brain farts as they figure this out because we all have them. And so uh, a lot of people really enjoy listening to it because it's real relatable. We've all screwed something up. So is there one thing in your mind as you train your first dog that stands out that's just like, man, I can't believe I did that or just you know a a fun story of hank messing something up i'd say uh not so much on hank's end but on my end i gotta learn to quit when i get frustrated yep Yep. (laughs) there's been a few times where just the session hasn't gone my way or i didn't i didn't stay on course with what i went into the i didn't keep with the plan i went in with and it obviously didn't go my way because it never does when you deviate from yep. what your idea of training was and get frustrated and then things just get worse. And yeah, that's probably, that's probably the biggest mistake that I've made is <laughs> not quitting well in the head, but yep. training wise mistakes I've made. Uh, oh, let's see. Bird intro is probably my biggest one. Letting him letting him catch all the birds that I did. Not that at the make or break or anything. I mean, some guys say it is, but yeah, I did. I did let him catch a lot of birds off the bat. But I mean, it was at uh, probably four or five months old that I was starting that out at. So I mean, he probably forgot all about it by now, and I'm just <laughs> I'm just running myself into a hole, thinking that oh, I'm gonna turn him into a flusher, and but no, I <laughs> well, you have <laughs> let some him catch people. All the birds I We've talked about that so many times. You have some people that swear up and down. If your dog catches one bird, then you you might as well just go sell him because he he's not going to point ever, and that's just not true. Like you said earlier, it really ramped up his drive, and uh, you can take it away. You know, as long as you're not 
two, three years in, still let letting them catch birds, it, it won't be an issue being a young pup. And first few outings out there, they, they happen to snag a bird or two. Yep. Yep. And I got to remind myself a lot, too, that he's still only, let's see, yeah, he'll be 11 months old and next week. So I got I to gotta remind myself a lot of times he's still a puppy. Yep. You still got to figure out what he's out there for because, I mean, a lot of the times we go out, even though we do it every weekend, if <laughs> he still thinks we're just going out for a walk at first and he's trotting around, not until he sees birds. Or... <laughs> now he's kind of gotten to the point where if I get the gun out and the vest on, he's, oh, okay, I know what we're doing I was, now. I was <laughs> about to say, he's going to learn real quick what those what those chaps or vest or gun means. And the, and they just, uh-huh. know as soon as you start, as soon as you put a gun over your shoulder, it's like, Oh, it's not just a fun run. This is uh we're, we're actually out there for something. Uh-huh. Lately. If, uh, there's a, there's a lot of walking trails around my house and, the WMA is that I'll just go walk after work, not with the gun or anything. I'll, I even, the, even the place, most of the places just around my house in the neighborhood, I'll, just carry a stick with mm. or something resembling a gun and he'll work the, he'll work the size of the trails like we're grouse woods. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see how he puts that together. Oh yeah. They come along quick and it's fun watching them develop. Like I already said, uh, well, Trent, you know, that's, I appreciate you making time, you know, before I let you go, is there any one piece of advice coming from somebody that's still within the first year of their first gun dog? Is there any one golden truth that you can, uh, tell people that's thinking about getting into their first dog or maybe they just got theirs? Uh, do your research for sure. Get a, get a training program in your head or at least a general idea of what you want to do before you dive into it. Kind of, you know, get, figure out what steps you're going to take with obedience and stuff first so that when you get your dog home, you're not, what do I do now, you know? Yep. Yep. That's probably the biggest thing in my opinion is have a plan. Yeah. Good advice. Always a good reminder and with that, Trent, again, appreciate you making time and enjoyed it. And uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch and let me know how the rest of the season goes with Hank. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash gundog it yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again and a year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukanuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance 
They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pups start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.